Welcome back to Finding Catharsis. I'm your host, Simon Benkert. And today, I want to talk about an extremely important, uh, two extremely important uh, topics that I value a lot, and that is accountability and integrity. And for transparency's sake, a lot of this this was inspired by the recent, I say recent, but I lost all meaning and track of time. Um, the 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 uh, verdict to the Derek Chauvin case. Um, I think the I think it is a perfect example of what accountability should look like, and I think it brings up a lot of honest questions about having integrity and being held accountable for for our actions. And, you know, the consequences of subset actions. So with that being said, let's jump into it. So I believe that accountability and integrity are two sides of the same coin. And the reason why is that I believe that by having, by being, by having a strong sense of integrity, you know, it leads you to uh, want to be held accountable more often. And I think that's a great thing. So Something about myself that I, I pride myself on being is that I, I believe that I have a very strong sense of integrity. And, you know, I know there are people in my life who would agree that I choose very more often not to do the right thing than choose to do the wrong thing or the morally wrong thing. I, and, you know, and that's just, it's a part of my identity. I'm someone who has a strong sense of integrity and doing the wrong thing just isn't always an option for me. If, if I could, I'd rather every day of the week do the right thing. But the thing is, is that doing the right thing isn't always easy. It is difficult and you have to take the time to really ask yourself good questions, you know, to really find out whether what you're doing is the right thing. And, um, and you know, your experiences play a huge role in how they influence what you see to be morally right and morally wrong. An extreme example of this case would be Hitler or ISIS, right? Those are organizations that are morally wrong, but because of their experiences and their beliefs, it influences them to believe that what they're doing is the morally right thing to do. And it's just why they continue to do it. And it's a more, but obviously it's a lot more complicated and nuanced, you know, ideology and belief, but for for layman's term, you know, for, for simplicity, you know, it, it is, it's, it's just something to think about, right? You know, those, those complexities. So with that being said, you know, I, an example, an example that sticks to mind about doing the right thing and accountability, right? So talking about accountability a little bit first, before we go on to that example, you know, I, well, another example, uh, Accountability is extremely important because it's honest, right? You take responsibility or someone is taking responsibility for their actions or for something, right? And that might be like in the military, holding accountability for personnel, no ensuring that you know where your personnel are, you know, or in a larger terms, taking responsibility for actions or things that need to be, someone needs to be responsible for. So a good example of, accountability um before we go into you know uh 
before we go into, I guess, uh, the, I guess, uh, before we go into integrity is, um, an example of holding yourself accountable that I, a personal, uh, example is my depression, right? So to kind of go into a bit of a tangent, right? I have, as I've discussed previously, I have a mild to moderate form of depression. It's something that I've been struggling with for the, for a very long time now. And, you know, I'll, some of the mistakes I made in not holding myself accountable or talking about my mental health was I always felt that the problems I had weren't, you know, weren't enough of a reason for me to be depressed, right? That, you know, there are people who have it way worse. And that's a a really shitty negative stigma that people have to have, like, some extremely valid reason. The fact of the matter is depression doesn't really give a fuck what the reason is, right? People who are more susceptible to depression, whether through a genetic issue or, you know, through chemical imbalance, whatever the fuck the cause is. For me specifically, I believe a lot of it is based from genetics from my sperm donor, which is the person who most people would say is my dad, but I don't think so. I think, you know, the guy who inseminated my mother is a piece of shit, and I don't really think he's entitled to the term, to the, he's not entitled to the title of father or dad. I think he's sperm donor. I think it's a more appropriate way, at least in my, the way I view that relationship, even though I say daddy issues, that's how I more appropriately uh, accost that term. With that being said, as as you know, we discuss. You know, I, I do believe because of his, I do believe for him, depression is genetic because he had depression. My older brother has depression. I have depression, and more likely than not, my younger brother, one way or another, will have a form of depression that he will have to struggle with. But fortunately for him, he'll have two older brothers who are able to identify and help guide him through that process. But with that being said, you know. When I realized that depression, I, I really do, you know, that depression didn't really give a shit and that I had it, that I have it, and that's something that I have to deal with, part of me struggling, part of me to overcome it was to be honest, to hold myself accountable and say, and no longer run away from the fact that I didn't have it or making excuses. I faced it head on and was honest and said, I have depression. I struggle with a form of it. It is a mild, sometimes it's a mild form of it, sometimes a more moderate form of it, and it affects my day-to-day life. There are days where it doesn't affect me at all, or very mildly, and there are some days where it's a bit of a struggle, it's a little bit harder. And part of gaining some sense of control back into it is being honest about it, right? So I told my, you know, my friends and family know I have mild, you know, mild to moderate depression. It controls a part of my life. It's something that I have to deal with, you know, and it's not something that just goes away, but it does get easier to kind of control and manage. So, and, and what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is, you know, others can hold me accountable to it because I was honest with them. You know, I told them this is something I'm dealing with. They hold me accountable. If I'm having a rough week, and I tell them, ah, I think it's because of this, that, or another, or I don't know why. They hold me accountable. It's like, do you think maybe you're having, you know, maybe do you think maybe your depression is playing a role into why you think you're ha- why into why you're having a bad week, or why you f- may feel a certain way? Maybe if I'm frustrated about something in specifically, 
then it forces me to ask myself questions and give myself a sense of direction. Where is this actually coming from? Where is this mood coming from? Is it coming from, you know, my depression kind of seeping in and taking, you know, trying to take control of, you know, how I feel and how, how today's going? It might. And it allows me to really think critically about it. And I think that's something that I value, right? My friends and people I care about, people in my support group are, are holding me accountable to this, right? They're holding me accountable to face this head on and not run away from it. And I value that. You know, that is it's an extremely uh, important thing that I'm held accountable for my mental health. You know, it's something that's super, super important to me. And with that being said, you know, I want to move on to the next uh, aspect of the conversation, you know, of, of integrity, right? What Defining what is the right choice. Um, ending my, my long-term serious relationship was a difficult choice to make, right? You know, and there's a lot to it. And I, I've discussed this in, you know, in before in other episodes, but you know, it wasn't easy, right? You know, I, I, well, having taken the time to kind of not think about, to, to really think about the relationship and to, you know, really take time to, there is a lot wrong with how I ended up in the relationship that I did. And I wish that I had not done them in the first place. And that's not to say that I regret my relationship. You know, there was a lot I learned, you know, and in some ways there are definitely net positives from that relationship. Was there aspects that were toxic and negative? Of course, but I, you know, and I'm identifying them and becoming aware of them to avoid them in the future. And in the future, hopefully with, you know, future partners, I can, since I'm aware of them, I can identify them with my partner, make them aware of it, and they can hold me accountable if I ever act in the same way. Because remember, personal growth isn't something that just happens overnight. It's something that you have to work on, right? And as aware, as self-aware as I can be about it, you know, if I'm not properly working on it, you know, if I'm, if I'm not being held accountable to making sure that I don't do so again in the future, you know, am I actually, have I actually grown or am I just, I have I identified it and not really done anything about it? No, I want to identify it, be aware of it, and then work on it. Try things to get better and not allow that to happen again. With that being said, right, so, you know, the choice to, to end that relationship, the most important thing that I want to emphasize is that it was mine and mine alone, right? So the only person that could be held accountable for that action was myself, right? I chose to end that relationship. I chose to end that engagement because of beliefs that were mine and mine alone. And it was extremely important for me to to make that decision on my own, right? Um, it's funny, I've mentioned on here before, you know, my friend uh, Vicky telling me, it's like, you know, she sounds like she's got a lot. You should just end things, you know. I'm really glad. Well, I wish that I had listened to her sooner. I wish that I had made that realization on my own sooner. Right. And but there was a lot of other issues. Right. You know, this, I believe this is the only person who's ever going to love me. This is only my only chance of being in a relationship to having, you know, the things I wanted. But the truth of the matter is that that's not necessary, that it wasn't true at all. Right. 
and I've done a lot of, I spent a lot of time loving myself. And while I haven't, I don't, uh, while I'm still working on loving a hundred percent of myself, I do love a lot more of myself than I did when I was in my relationship. And even prior to that, I think I love a, a decent 90% of myself. While I'm still working on that last 10%, there's a lot that I'm, I love about myself that I'm able to identify. I'm intense, both emotionally and I'm I, dramatic at times. I'm vulgar. I like dark humor. I enjoy, you know, I enjoy irrele- you know, irreverent humor. I, I believe everything should be allowed and, you know, to discuss and you shouldn't be able to be held back. I, I believe that in, tr- in true free will, you're allowed to do whatever it is that your heart contents. And some people might disagree. Some people might agree. Who knows? It varies from person to person, you know. So, with that being said, you know it was extremely important to to make that decision on my own, and I'm happy of it because no one can say elsewise, right? I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't look for any advice. I didn't allow myself to be talked to or be like, "Hey, maybe you should make this decision." It was mine and mine alone, and it's. I'm very happy of that, right? I held myself accountable. Why am I not happy? What do I need to do to be happy? Bam! I identified it. I chose to make that decision, and it wasn't. It wasn't always clear initially that I had made the right decision, right? You know, sometimes I was like, "Man, I," you know, I, I, I knew deep down, I knew, and I was like, "Gotta stay strong." But there were times I'm like, I miss having someone to talk to all the time. I miss someone to talk to on the phone and talk about my day and talk about random things, texting someone all the time. But I realize that 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 feeling will will fade away, that I'll be okay with not having someone to text all the time, that I'll be okay not needing this. It just took time. And time is is a very valuable resource. And only time will tell whether a choice you've made is right and wrong, right? So like, don't expect immediate gratification of you know, whether or not you're doing the right thing. You know? It takes a lot of time, and you've got to give yourself that time to really reflect and see whether it is. You know, I, and I'm really happy of that, you know? I, I like, I, I can't stress enough how happy I am, you know, of ensuring that I make the right choices, you know, and taking the time to think them through before and just not enacting on it. That was a huge bat, you know, a negative thing that I had. I was extremely impulsive. Um, and while I still, I am impulsive at some times, um, I, I work very hard to not be so much. I, I make sure I ensure that I, I give myself the appropriate time to really think things through. And there are a lot of different outlets that I use to do that, whether that's running. Uh, running is a huge outlet for me to kind of clear my head and think things through. Or sometimes sleeping on a decision, waiting to the next day, letting myself sleep, maybe you know, not allowing myself to be too emotionally charged to think about something. You know, so it that's just like some of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about and I wanted to describe, right? I believe that, and like I said, you know, accountability and integrity are two sides of the same coin. And I think they're super, super important in how we as people, you know, do things, right? Whether, you know, by being 
by by taking responsibility of your actions, it allows you to assess whether that action was the right choice or not, you know? And we have to hope that we allow ourselves the ability to change, right? Or to others can change, right? And some people are, won't be able to. Some people have no interest in doing so. And it sucks. But based off their experiences, they just don't find any value in doing so. And I think that's a really bad way to pigeonhole yourself and think that, you know, you shouldn't hold yourself accountable or do the right thing anytime. I've spent a lot of time realizing that a lot of the choices I've made have been the right choices. And while I've made mistakes and I am able to identify and be aware of those mistakes, I know that a lot of the choices I've made have been the right ones and it just takes time, right? Holding myself accountable to them, I, I know it just takes time and that time allows me to grow and become better and be like, oh shit, look, I'm doing the right thing. Spend a lot of time realizing that like it's not always clear, right? And sometimes, you know, those what you think is right changes, right? That's why you shouldn't always hold on to the idea that, you know, you're you're always right. You know, it's okay to be wrong. You know, because I might wake up tomorrow and realize that I made a mis- you know, I made a decision that wasn't the right choice. Yeah. I've covered whoa. I think I've covered a lot of what I wanted to talk about, you know. For transparency, this is like my eighth time recording this episode topic. Kept going on tangents and more and unfortunately I'm at work as I record this because you know, it's the only time I have free time and I might as well use it to get some stuff done. But yeah. You know, I'm really grateful of just of that. And I was thinking about it, you know, I mentioned Derek's show in the beginning, and this might be a more controversial take, but I hope that, like, because of the verdict, due to the verdict, and realizing that he is found guilty by a jury of his peers, that the verdict, you know, that this, you know, him being held accountable for the consequences of his actions, the abuse of his power... I hope he learns from it, right? And you're probably and, and this is not to justify what he did. It's very important that you understand that I'm not justifying his actions. But and and I think this is a bigger problem with like cancel culture and like people just being like, no, you gotta be perfect. No, I think that's a bullshit standard, an arbitrary standard you make. We all make mistakes. We all choose and say things that aren't necessarily always the right thing to say. We we make mistakes commit to actions that aren't always the right action. But by say, by having it to be the end-all be-all is fucking stupid. It's fucking retarded to believe that. It is human to err, right? And if the justice system is in place to hold people accountable for the consequences of the action, for making the wrong choice... And part of the of going to prison is to find is to give them reform to learn from that mistake and allow them to grow and realize, hey, what I did was a mistake. This is the consequences of making that mistake. I know better for next time. I learn. I grow as a person. Right. I have to have hope that these people are also capable of that. Right. And say whatever you like. You know that is part of being human. It's knowing that you made a mistake, identifying that mistake, and, and sh- hoping that you can learn to do better, right? Because if 
well, then what's the whole point of the fucking justice system if we don't, ex- you know, if the end result isn't reform, right? If prisons, if, you know, prisons don't actually reform, for the most part, they really, in some cases they don't, then why have it? We, they should just be executed then, live in exile, right? Like, have it, if it if it's supposed to be this standard of reform, then it should be that. We should expect that everyone who goes to prison has the opportunity and the ability to reform, to change, to learn the error of their ways, learn from their mistakes, grow, hold themselves accountable that it's no one else's fault but their own. I know that might be a very controversial and difficult kind of like assessment of that. But I have to have hope that people are possible or can make that because then what hopes do I have to continue doing this? And what hopes do I have that what I'm doing and pursuing this podcast, holding myself accountable, what purpose do I have if it's useless, right? And I, I know it's not useless because I see the results, not only in myself, but in other people who do so and the people that I, you know, my friends, the people I love, I see when they hold themselves accountable and take charge and change things and become better because of their mistakes. I fucking live for it. It's fu- it, it, it makes me so happy when my friends are able to identify that and grow and become better, right? So I have to expect the same from other people. And he might not be able to. He might just not have the experiences or see the value or the importance of it. And if that's the case, man, oh, well, he deserves it. That's like an important thing to distinct, and I I want to I want to mention. <sighs> holding yourself accountable and holding others accountable is a two way street. You can't just expect to hold everyone accountable without them holding you accountable as well. And it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to identify. It's okay to make a mistake, be held accountable for that mistake, identify that mistake. And then be like, all right, cool. You know what? Well, we've identified that mistake. All right. I've, you know, realized what I did was not good. You know, I've taken people's suggestions and advice. And now I have to, now I have to make a decision. I have to decide whether what I do next is the right choice for me in moving forward and continuing this personal growth. You know, that's why I kind of like subreddits like, um, am I the asshole where people like, at, you know, they're not sure that whether or not they're being a, a cunt or being an asshole, I guess, to use the, the proper term, you know, and people are able to identify and be like, make them aware of a situation. And some people aren't aware that what they did was being an asshole. And, you know, I just fucking love that idea, that concept. It's a really good example of accountability and holding others accountable and identifying like, hey, man, you know, you are being an asshole, you know, and and giving reasons why, not just saying it just to say it, but to really give reasons why. And then there's, you know, and to overall to connect all these things to, you know, the the idea of catharsis, right? It by being self-aware, by having by holding yourself accountable, it allows you to kind of really dig deep and be honest and really discover the reasoning behind choices and, you know, why you made that choice. It allows you to kind of figure stuff out, you know. A good sense of holding myself accountable is 
and an integrity, right? This, this right thing and realizing it later on is when I, when I was talking to my therapist, when I was in training in the army, when I was talking to her about, you know, my dad and saying, well, you know, I wish I did some more and holding myself accountable and realizing, like, Hey dude, you were an eight year old child putting in more effort to maintain, to build a complex relationship with a fucking adult than like I did everything I could to build to give my sperm donor every opportunity to be a part of my life. And he chose not to. He chose explicitly not to. And I that's not my fault. And that was like a huge thing to like kind of realize, you know that there were there were no consequences to my action but it's a I, I hold myself accountable to realize like hey like you know i you know I, it's it's not my fault that he chose not to it was his and his choice alone and i hold him accountable for that that's why i kind of i i choose as of as of today to not say that word you know to not say that he's my dad or my father because he's he was nothing but a sperm donor. He was not nothing but a person who inseminated my mother, inseminated my inseminated my my half brother's mom and my younger brother's mom because he was nothing any definition of what a father is or what a dad is, he didn't fit the bill. Not not 1%. But you know who has? Rob. Rob chose above all else to be a part of my life. And he constantly is working and striving to stay a part of my life. And it's a choice that he makes and he makes alone. And, you know, that's why I call him Pops. That's why I call him, you know, my dad. Because he, he, I think, he perfectly fits in my life the definition of what a dad should be. And if I can be half the father that he he has been to me, to my own kids one day, I think I'll be set. I think I'll be pretty fine. There's a lot to there's a lot to live up to. I mean, Rob is really good at being a dad. Um, but I think I, I think I'll I'll manage. I think I'll be just fine. <laughs> you know? And I, I hope my, my partner is, a, is holds me accountable for that. I hope Rob holds me accountable for that. And I hope I continue to hold myself accountable for that. With all that being said, you know, I, I think it's a, a fitting point to, to, you know, end this episode on a good note about the importance of accountability and the importance of having a strong sense of integrity. And before we end it, I do want to leave a lasting piece of fatherly dad advice, as a my as as a someone I follow on the internet is always constantly doing. The last thing I have, you know, we've talked about the importance of critical thinking, reading, being well-rounded, you know, and I think one of the most important things that we should also do is allow ourselves to listen to ourselves you know I sometimes get in the mindset that 
if I'm not pushing myself to my absolute limits, if I'm not feeling exhausted, then I haven't done enough. And I've noticed that more when I first started doing my aerobic training. But by treating myself, by listening to myself, by saying, listen, no, I got to do it this way. Listen to my body. It's helped me. I feel faster doing my aerobic training than I did just doing the running training that I was initially doing, you know, and I feel better because of it, you know, listening to my body when I'm tired, I'm tired, letting my body rest and giving it the time it needs to, you know, recover. It's important and not just only physically, but emotionally as well. Whenever you listen to this, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I love you. I'm proud of you. And we'll talk soon.